it's the little things that you don't think about that catch up to you. You know, I think, you know, all of a sudden we're running really smooth and then I'll have one of my spoolers or um, my architectural team come into me and like, hey, you know, this is happening. And it's something that we hadn't thought about. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyatt and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Jason Craig, BDC manager at RK Mechanical. He has over 30 years of construction experience, bringing innovation, technology, and prefabrication to the construction industry by utilizing field experience and project management to help propel employees to the next level. Welcome to the show, Jason. Happy to be here. Uh, well, let's dive in with, with how you got into the construction industry to begin with. Um, started in the construction industry. I kind of was born into it, actually. You know, my, my grandfather was a plumber. My dad was a plumber. Um, I started working in the prefabrication shop in about 1984. Um, so summertime, I would go work in the prefab shop, learn, you know, to solder um, shower valves. I prefabricated waste and vent, uh, gas pipe, you know, uh, laboratories, things like that. And then, uh, you know, after, you know, working that through high school and stuff like that, I graduated 91 and I wanted to see what um, the stuff that I was prefabricating, what that was going into the field. So went into the field and like most people who start plumbing, uh, I cleaned trenches for a long time. Um, and then, you know, through the years, just learned the, you know, the, the trade itself, uh, got my journeyman's license um, then started getting into commercial, moved to Colorado in 93, um, started the at a company where my dad started teaching me isometric drawings. So using my 60-30 triangle, you know, this is probably during the auto, the R14, R13 days um, before I got into AutoCAD. Um, and then I got the chance to learn AutoCAD 2000 and opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. And I've been in that industry since then. That's, you know, that's all I know anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. So as a kid, kind of going into the, the shopping, figuring things out, what was that experience like? It obviously didn't, you know, turn you off in, in misery. You think back fondly because you, you built your career out of it. So yeah, I what mean, was that like? it, it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, uh, I was young and I got to play with a bunch of tools. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and then, you know, I would go to work with my dad um, doing commercial and residential when, when I was probably fifth, sixth grade, just go out to the field and learn to put on nail plates and I would sweep up you know, things like that. So it was, it was fun to be out there. Um, and it was just something that I, I never really thought about. It's just some, you know, as being a career, I just fell into it and, and I'm glad I did. I love what I did. Yeah. That's awesome. So you mentioned to me beforehand that the RK really wants to be kind of on the, the leading edge with technology. What does that really look like to you? So for us, I mean, obviously, you know, Moving into Revit is, you know, we'll get there, but, um, you know, using all the technology to this day, you know, we just got the HoloLens, um, we're taking it to a job next week in order to, um, to check all of the infinity walls to, to make sure what we've received in our model, and we've laid all of our sleeves, we've laid all of our stuff prefabrication out to, is to make sure that what they told us was going to be there is really there, you know, because anybody who's used, worked with an infinity structure, um, you can't cut the studs. You can't cut the, any of that stuff. It's, you just don't touch it at all. Yeah. Nice. Well, what's the, maybe the mindset that's needed to, to truly embrace the technology in the field and office. 
So something that, you know, we spoke about before is, is getting the field involved. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, you, you do have those outliers, but um, I feel if I get them involved and they get to touch the stuff, they get to feel like that they're a part of it. Um, they get a lot more, I get a lot more buy-in from them. Um, the HoloLens, it was, it was really awesome, you know, and not to go with that route, but with the technology side is I brought that to a meeting and I had guys 10 minutes after the meeting calling me and being like, I want you to be on site tomorrow with that because I have an underground that's already buried, but I got to go add some stuff to it. Can you bring that out there and we can walk the job and find out where that underground is and I can dig that up. And, uh, you know, instead of just starting to dig up areas to hopefully, you know, that's where the underground is. Yeah. So can you kind of expand upon that for me? How do you help show the value in the, the tech to the field in order to get that, that buy-in? That's a very interesting one. I would say within a RK in general right now, I would say 50% buy-in and 50% not. It's, it's, it's getting those guys that buy into the technology to show those people who are not bought in yet um, uh -huh. the value of it, you know, and, and what you can use it for. I mean, it's here and it's, it's not going anywhere. You might as well utilize it. It's, it's a tool for, for, you know, the field to use. I mean, we make their life a lot easier with all of the coordination, the modeling, the, all the thinking is done in the VDC department. Yeah. So do you spend time then trying to find those kind of champions in the field to, to get them to be your advocate and, and uh, you know, share the, the good news of, of the tech that's coming in? Yes, I do. And, and one of the things there is there's a few that I've picked out that, you know, we, we talk and I ask them, you know, during certain meetings, will you, you know, will you stand up and, and let people know your thoughts on that? Because they are also looked up to within the company in general. And so mm -hmm. if they, if they can, you know, stand up and voice their opinion on, you know, Hey, I did this on a project and it worked really well. Um, it maybe you know, it puts a light bulb in somebody else's head that says, Hey, you know what, if, if this guy did it, um, maybe I really need to try that. Yeah. I love the, the storytelling aspect of it. Cause I think we resonate more through a narrative than just yep. saying, Hey, this technology does X, Y, Z, and this is what it will do for your workflow yes. that kind of goes over people's heads. <laughs> I love it when, when guys from the field come into me and say, I got this idea, you know, I want to try this. Yeah. And, and that's, that's interesting to me and fun because they also are trying to push the technology side of it and what we can, you know, do with the VDC stuff and, you know, all the modeling coordination, prefabrication. Yeah. Well, if anybody's excited about something too, they're going to adopt it and embrace it a whole lot more yes. than it just being pushed down yeah. on them. Yep. Uh, so you guys have really undergone a, a full Revit adoption across the team. Wonder if you could kind of talk to what kind of sparked that and then okay. how that process has been going. Yeah. So when, um, you know, I, when I came back to RK, I was, you know, here, I'm here now for 22 years is the, the agreement was to get the VDC department into Revit within, within a two year period. Um, and at that point in time, I believe I had about 28 people. Um, and had some other uh, other employees that I'd worked with previously reach out to me for a job, and they knew Revit, and which was mm -hmm. awesome because I had, you know, I had probably about three people who knew Revit, and the rest were just, uh, you know, AutoCAD MEP. Um, so we did our first job um, in Revit in March of 2020, um, and then about September of 2020, we the whole team started moving over and and I loved it because I had people just raise their hand and say, Hey, I want to be, I want to do the next job in Revit, you know, cause they knew that was the direction we were going. 
Um, it wasn't, we weren't going back to AutoCAD. Um, so, you know, within the year and a half now, we are fully Revit. Everybody is in Revit. Um, I got them 16 weeks of training. Obviously think about this was during a pandemic. Everybody's working at <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my next question for you. <laughs> so, so everybody's working at home. So, um, you know, I got them virtual training for 16 weeks. It was all based on what we do here. Um, and, you know, within Revit, you're going to learn the basics. And then it, as time goes on, as you use it, you're going to use, you're going to learn more. Um, we did get uh, Adopt Evolve in March of 2020 as well with two licenses. Um, and then as the team started getting more into Revit, as jobs started coming in, um, we, we started with, you know, got five more licenses, then 10 more licenses. And then I believe about six months ago, I went up to, now we have 45 licenses. So the whole department has a license of Evolve. Everybody uses Evolve on a daily basis. Um, so it's, you know, we still have our kinks that we got to work out, but uh, I didn't want, um, you know, we could start a job in AutoCAD and it could last two years. I didn't want AutoCAD around for another two years. Um, yeah. I wanted to, it was a hit the stop sign, make a right turn. And we, that's the road we went down. Create a common data environment for your team with 360 Sync. 360 Sync automatically transfers, organize, and archives project files across applications. It is the only way to automatically sync project files between your server, Procore, BIM 360, Bluebeam, or any other platform you use. 360 Sync is the only document management system designed by and for the AEC industry. Users have automatically transferred over 1 million files and over 2 million syncs. Set it and forget it. Create a common data environment for your team today using 360 Sync. Visit asti.com slash 360 Sync for more information. Yeah, so I wanna lean into that a bit more, but before that, let's kind of sit on the, those early days of the, the process and that transition. How did you guys go about building a plan to really successfully accomplish that goal of, you know, everything out of AutoCAD and all in Revit? Be honest, we didn't have a plan. Uh, be very honest. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the guys we, we took, he, he took on the first Revit job. And so we, okay. you know, we went down that road and we figured out the kinks here and there, you know, with, you know, obviously with prefabrication of ductwork, our coil line, things like that, how we wanted to school things um, with Evolve. Um, and like you said, there wasn't really a plan. Uh, we kind of adapted as it came. We, we had, um, you know, we had processes prior to, to Revit with, with fabrication. We tried to replicate a lot of those processes. So we didn't have to, there was tweaks here and there, you know, to get those with schedules and things like that. But I mean, you know, there really wasn't a plan to, just to be honest, there, there wasn't, uh, we rolled with the punches and, and figured things out on the fly as they came. We knew what the end outcome was that we wanted it to be. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we have got there, you know, there's been some long nights, you know, figuring that out, but there, there really wasn't a plan. And it was, you know, here's Revit. We need to be all in Revit in the next year and a half. Yeah. But you had that, <laughs> that guiding North star of yeah, I mean, it's it, Revit or nothing, you know, and, and, and I, I, you know, there are a lot of companies that do the, the pilot and, and things like that, that, do one job and then another job. And we really didn't have that option. And, and you know, to go back a little bit, um, you know, we had a lot of proprietary stuff in fabrication where we were locked into 
AutoCAD 2018. For me to even move forward again, I had to pay another $30,000 to get, you know, data rewritten. And I didn't, it was like the Frankenstein in the room. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. So it was, you know, pump the brakes and this is where we're going. Cause I didn't yeah. want, you know, that's not where I wanted to go. Yeah. Well, what are some maybe lessons learned or, or things that surprised you during this transition from Academy P to Revit, especially during <laughs> you, you picked a, a really interesting two years yes, in yeah. the, the world history yes, to I do did. this transition. You know, if I would have known, <laughs> I would have done it a little bit different, I think. But yeah, in, in, it's 2020, huh? <laughs> all in all, I mean, um, you know, without my team and what their efforts and their willingness and buy-in to do this, I couldn't have done it without them. Um, so, you know, they've, you know, they've all learned a new software and, and they've, they're moving forward and I have champions for sure. I do have some awesome champions that, you know, they are the bread and butter of what, if I need something done, they do it, dynamo scripting and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's been a rough ride for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned about uh, Evolve MEP, what, role did they play in this transition? So um, I've dealt with a little bit with Evolve before at my previous job, and I've known Brett and Michael Shin for quite some time. And with us at RK, we've spent a lot of money with our, our fabrication database. Um, so we didn't want to go, we, we didn't want to have to create another database, you know, using families. We wanted to be able to use the ITMs. And so, um, one of the other employees here had used Evolve as well. And, you know, we sat down, we talked about what route we wanted to go. Um, Brett was, you know, awesome and gave us a, you know, a demo copy. We used it, we figured it out, what, and, you know, and we also went down some other roads of if do we want to go this route? And we looked at the ROI and stuff like that. And, and Evolve was the route for us to go, especially with, you know, it's very friendly with ITMs and the database that we've created that, you know, I don't want to get rid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in your opinion, then how do you kind of leverage a, a partnership with a, a software provider? So I think like the, the partnership, I think, you know, software provider also has to listen to the customer. Um, yeah. You know, we've been actually I, great support with Evolve. We've been going back and forth for the last couple of days with some issues that we've came up with for, you know, some parameters and things like that. And they are willing to work with you and maybe obviously think about putting it in a preview in a, you know, a release to come out. Um, and I think it's that, that partnership, it, like you said, it, it is a partnership. You have to work together. You know, it's, I, I don't, I don't want to buy a software and then you, you know, that software company just says, you know, good luck. And here you go. You know, it's, it's building, building that software together and, and making it, you know, what we all know it can be. Yeah. I, I do think that's a cool, part of the the evolve team and, and what they do there in having that open dialogue back and forth that knowing those guys they are all about getting the more feedback the better um oh. as far as they're concerned they, they yeah, welcome I mean, it <laughs> we use support and it's nice you know we use support and james will call me you know and ask me the question you know which is nice is they're not just you know putting it to some people who are doing support and you know they're involved as well and and they they listen to the customer for sure yeah. yeah. Any aspects of Evolve that uh, kind of stand out more top of mind for you? So, so for us, I mean, you know, and I, I did, I, I got, a, I asked my team all of their opinions as well. You know, when, when we talked about this before is, you know, the biggest thing is, is, is the modeling tools, you know, 
the aligned bottom and things like that have really helped us. It's just an easier thing. Um, hangers with it, with, you know, the attachments is huge for us, especially since we prefabricate all of our hangers and, you know, there's no cutting things longer or anything. They, it, it knows what attachment you're using metal deck, wood deck, um, what rod. So there is no, it's, it's cutting all the stuff to exact length. I mean, when we, when we prefabricate all of our sloped pipe, we prefabricate that with slope on a rack in order of how it's going to be installed. Um, so that was huge for us. I mean, that, and then the sleeves, you know, the sleeves is a definitely a huge time saver for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything right now, I mean, the, pretty much what I've said is, is definitely made our job, a, I can't say always easier, but faster. Nice. Very cool. Uh, well, if you could tell somebody something uh, about this transition from Academy P to Revit, what kind of heads up would you give them? It's the little things that you don't think about that catch up to you. You know, I think, you know, all of a sudden we're running really smooth and then I'll have one of my schoolers or um, my architectural team come into me and like, Hey, you know, this is happening. And it's something that we hadn't thought about. One of those little, little things that, you know, it's such a minute task, but with, we didn't think about it in that in the big picture and just figuring out how to get that done. I mean, obviously hope, you know, if for somebody who is transitioning into Revit, from fabrication or whatever is is having those people in your department who already know Revit, um, who can help the others and mentor the others. Um, that was huge for me. That was really, really big for me is having those people to be able to, you know, step in and help others out with some some training questions, things like that, because I'm not always available. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, also getting that buy in from your team, you know, not having that pushback. Yeah, And it's really, you know, there, I have some people in my department who have pushed back a lot and it's awesome to hear them say, you know what? I really like Revit now. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> a little redemption there. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. it. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Uh, what would you say to someone who is maybe behind in adopting tech? That's a hard one. I mean, I feel if you're not adopting tech, you're going, you're going to get left behind. I mean, that's kind of the way, the way our industry is going. Mm -hmm. It is all going to technology. I mean, you know, starting this in AutoCAD 2000 and seeing where it is now and seeing how, how much the software has changed. And I remember, you know, when I first started drawing stuff, this is before Navis even came out, you know, and 3D coordinating things just off my contract hard copy documents and I would have offsets and stuff and they, you know, that's because there was a beam there, but there was no clash detection. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> ever again. But I think, you know, if you haven't adopted technology, um, you really need to think about it and, and, and see about moving forward. Obviously, if you haven't yet start very slow and, and don't jump into it, because then you will get overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, looking out over a, a few years, where do you think the, adoption of Revit is really setting 
RK Mechanical up over the next five years or so? So with the adoption of Revit, I mean, for, for me personally is in, in the company, this pandemic has definitely changed the way that the world works now. Um, sure. you know, I currently have 40 employees. I have eight fully remote employees in other states. Um, so for us, using Revit's awesome because it's all cloud-based. We're using BIM 360, so they can work anywhere. They don't have to VPN to a server. Um, you know, it's it makes everybody's life a lot easier. I mean, you know, I have people in North Carolina and and Louisiana, and it's just like they're in the office because they're working on the same models. It's all cloud-based, so yeah, it's it makes everything a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you could, uh, kind of change something up in, in that managing of the, the remote workforce? Cause there's, there's a lot of challenges that, that come with that for sure. What would that be? Or like, what's the, maybe what's the, the challenging aspect of that dynamic? So the challenging aspect of, of having, you know, remote employees obviously is, is managing them and making sure productivity. We are very big on productivity here at RK. We, we manage, we judge productivity every day. I can track it through power BI by mm -hmm. um, linear footage and see how many people are drawing a day um, and see where that lands with the budget. Um, but I would say the awesome part about it is I get a pick of a talent pool that I, it's not just in the Denver area or Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. It really expands the, the yeah. options there for everybody. Yes. yes. The employee and employer. Yep. So Jason with the, obviously prefab industrialized construction, huge trends and kind of buzzwords in the industry right now. Where do you see that really developing and, and taking root? And then uh, how's that kind of shape construction moving forward? I mean, prefab for us is 90% of everything that we model coordinate is prefabricated. Um, you know, we obviously need to think of other things of, you know, when it comes to racking systems, uh, are we building modules and walls? Um, not just piece fitting, thinking about how we can move prefabrication forward and do all of the work in the shop you know, in a safe environment um, and to eliminate that stuff in the field. Um, but yeah, I, it, I really do push my team to think of new innovative ways of, of prefabrication. Um, think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that thinking outside the box is, is huge. So Jason, how do you push back on the dreaded, we've always done it this way phrase? You always get what you always got. <laughs> I mean, it's, I like it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I mean, absolutely you're get the same outcome every time if you keep doing it a certain way. Now, I mean, there are things that we all do that, you know, a certain way and we do that a certain way for a reason because it has proven to be the right way for you at that time or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you're always going to get the same outcome if you keep doing it the same way. Yeah, I like it. Well, how do people find out more information and, and connect with you? So they can reach me at... Uh, jason.greg at rkmechanical or you can you look up uh, rkmechanical.com or rkmi.com um yeah well last question for you what does innovation mean to you so you know like we were just talking about innovation to me is thinking outside the box i mean just because we do something a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way right i mean take that risk and let's try something different let's let's not let's let's you know take this whatever wall whole wall system and let's build it in the shop we can do the electrical in there we can do that kind of stuff and i really push my team is think outside the box what can we 
what can we prefabricate here that we don't usually do or can we do it in a different way um yeah i mean don't just because we do it doesn't mean it's always right and that yeah. goes with any that goes with anything we do that goes with modeling coordination not just prefabrication you know just because we draw something a certain way let's let's try something new let's try it a different way and yeah. that's kind of what we did when we went with revit and evolve i mean we outside the box and said here we go you know enjoy the ride awesome well jason thanks so much for taking time anything else you want to uh get out there nope i just you know thanks for the time and you know thanks for uh everything awesome cool thanks so much hey, thanks and now it's time for my hot takes from this episode first take if you want buy-in from the field on technology, make sure to pull them in early and often. Find those who are bought in and have them be your technology champion. Their story will be way more powerful in helping to convince others. Second take, bold action can be required to accomplish your goal when you have a clear destination in mind, like being all in Revit. Sometimes the rip the bandaid off and burn the ship's mentality is what it takes to successfully accomplish the mission and change mindsets. Final take, make sure to find technology partners who are willing to listen and purposefully seek your insights to help make the product and your workflow stronger. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.